0: And this week I am flying solo as your host. So we're going to be doing something a little bit different and something that we hope to make a regular feature of the show going forward. So one thing that we've noticed a lot of our listeners uh, want to listen to, and, you know, we're interested in listening to it from other content creators as well is is deck techs. Um, You know, everybody likes to kind of get into the mind of of other players and and see where they're at as as they're building decks that they're playing, regardless of the format. So uh, that's one of the cool things that makes Magic unique, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about. So it's just me, no Chanel, no Teach for this episode, and I'm going to take you through my Nicol Bolas the Ravager Grixis discard EDH deck tech. So you've heard me talk about this deck before, I will share the list in the comments. Or excuse me, the show notes. You guys can leave comments in the comments. I'm going to put this in the show notes. I'll also link to my tapped out deck list for this for quick reference. But, you know, so so we'll go there. Take notes if you want. Otherwise, like I said, you'll be able to check it out on tapped out. You'll be able to check it out in the show notes. And uh, let's dive into it. So like I said, the commander for this deck is Nicol Bolas, the Ravager. That's the legendary Elder Dragon printing of him from the 2019 core set. So when I was building this deck, I was trying to think of a play style, really, and what I wanted to be able to do in a game. How did I want to affect the game? What did I want to do to my opponents, force them to do, you know, whatever. And as I've said before on the show, discard has always been fun because it's absolutely obnoxious if you're the person who's being forced to discard. You can't play magic if you don't have cards, so taking away your opponent's cards is is advantage in, in numerous ways. And there are some pretty fun ways in magic that in addition to the pain your opponent goes through from from pitching a card, you can also put them through extra pain if you will uh with enchantments, spells, whatever. So The whole idea behind this deck, you know, some people start with, I want to build around this commander, or I want to build around this set of colors, or whatever. This one I went theme, and I knew I wanted to go discard. Back when cards, like around the Zendikar block, when Painful Quandary was still in rotation, I used to run a pretty cool discard deck with Liliana and Painful Quandary, Liliana's Caress. I don't remember if Megrim was legal at the time or if this was in a homebrew deck where, you know, I was also running Megrim. So you're going to see a lot of those kind of make an appearance here in this deck. And, you know, we'll obviously get there when we get there. But again, the commander, Nicol Bolas, the Ravager, he is a 4-4 flying for four land uh, generic, a blue, a black, and a red. So right there, there's your your Grixis colors in your commander. Uh, When he enters the battlefield, each opponent discards a card. So right there you see... Oh, cool! Anytime I I play my commander, he is going to make you discard just for hitting the battlefield. So, so that's great as long you know, obviously as long as he makes it to the battlefield, and he also has the ability for seven land, uh, four generic, a blue, a black, and a red, exile him and return him to the battlefield transformed under his owner's control, and you can activate this anytime you can cast a sorcery. And he, of course, transforms into Nicobolus the Arisen, which is the Planeswalker form. He comes out with seven loyalty counters. You can plus two and draw two cards. Minus three, and Nicobolus the Arisen deals 10 damage to target creature or Planeswalker. Minus four, put target creature or Planeswalker card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. And minus 12, exile all but the bottom of target player's library. Excuse me, bottom card. So right there, he's uh you know forcing the discard, and then if you can transform him and keep that version of his pla- the, that planeswalker on the board for a while, you can do some some big things that aren't necessarily straight up discard. So that right there is is the general. He runs the deck, and before we get into all of the synergy within the deck, I figured I'd start with with the mana base after the commander. So this deck runs 36 lands total, and not a lot of them are basic. I believe there's seven basic lands, if I recall. Uh, Yes, seven basic lands in the deck. So, not a whole lot. So, you do run the risk of, you know, say, uh, uh, um, Blood Moon or something like that turning all your non-basics into basics. But, you know, there are ways around it. Uh, So, anyway, as far as basics go, two swamp, two island, and three mountain. So, pretty generic, pretty straightforward. That's what we start with. Then we get into other lands. Um, Jund Panorama. So tap it for a colorless land or pay one and sacrifice it to search your library for a Swamp Mountain or Forest and put it onto the battlefield tapped. So uh, I do have... We'll we'll get to the Grixis Panorama. Actually, you know what? Let me see here. Grixis Panorama. Because I'm pretty sure I put Grixis Esper and jund in here so obviously with the jund you get access to the swamp and the mountain uh there's a grixis panorama it's the same thing except it gives you grixis lands so you get to search for an island a swamp or a mountain and then the esper panorama that's also in here is a crack land that lets you go and search for a plains an island or a swamp so it, just a just a way if i need basics quick those are those are ways that i can go and search for those lands there's a, I run a drawn Catacomb in here, so Iron-Drawn Catacomb enters the battlefield tapped unless you control an island or a swamp and you tap Iron-Drawn Catacomb and you get to choose whether or not, or excuse me, you get to choose if you want a swamp or an island to your mana pool. Blood Crypt, it's a, it's a shock land as it enters the battlefield, you may pay two life if you don't, it adders, uh, enters tapped and that allows you to add a forest or, or Jesus, a swamp or a mountain to your mana pool. Crosus Catacombs. That is a lair card in addition to its land type, and when Crosus Cat- Catacombs comes into play, you have to sacrifice it, unless you return a non layer land you control to its owner's hand. So this is the only lair land in the deck, so as long as you're not playing this thing first, you really don't have to worry about losing that card, though you do have to bounce something back to your hand. And that allows you to add an island, a swamp, or a mountain to your mana pool. So that just gives you even more choice. Sulphur Falls. It enters the battlefield tapped unless you control an island or a mountain, and that's blue and red mana. Rogue's Passage, I have that in here because it gives you colorless, generic, however you want to say it, and it also uh, has the ability for four generic land and tapping it. You can make a creature be unblockable this turn, so that helps. You'll see I've got a lot of creatures that when they deal damage, they force opponents to discard, so I just figured there was a little bit of synergy available there. Uh, we've got Shimmering Grotto. Tap it to add a uh, generic land to your mana pool, and then for one and tapping it, you can add a land of any color to your mana pool. So it gives you some flexibility. Uh, Tainted Isle. Tap it for a colorless mana to your mana pool, or you can add. You can tap it to add an island or a swamp to your mana pool, and that ability can only be played if you already control the swamp. So chances are in this deck, something out there is going to be able to give you. You know, is going to be a swamp land. So. You can use it then. If not, at least you're getting colorless land out of it. Uh Shivan Reef, that's a pain land. Tap it for a colorless or tap it and have it deal one damage to you in order to get an island or a mountain. Uh, blue or red mana. Then we've got Hanweir Battlements. Uh, Again, this gives you colorless mana. For a red and and tapping it, uh, you can give a creature haste until end of turn, so that's another reason I put it in here. And then for five land, uh, three generic um, and two red and tapping it. If you own both Hanweir Battlements and a creature named Hanweir Garrison, exile them, then meld them into Hanweir, the writhing township. Uh, Unfortunately, I didn't go that deep into here, so you're not going to see that. This is basically for the the generic mana, uh, colorless mana, into your mana pool, and the ability to give creatures haste. Again, if you've got something that can force your opponent to discard or do some major damage or, or something else that you might want a creature to do if it, if it can tap, this gives it haste. So that was my thought behind that, was helping me out with some hasty stuff. Uh, we've got Morphic Pool in here, one of those new Battle Bond lands. Uh, enters the battlefield tapped unless you have two or more opponents. I usually play in pods of four, so this I've never seen this thing come into play tapped. And uh, that gives you access to uh, blue or black mana. Painted Bluffs, again, add a colorless mana to your mana pool. And for one and tapping it, you can add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So that helps. Luxury Suite, this is another uh, battle bond land. This one, again, enters the battlefield tapped unless you have two or more opponents. And it gives you access to black and red mana. We've also got Sulphurous Springs. Add one colorless mana to your mana pool, or tap it and add a swamp or a mountain uh, to your mana pool and take one damage. So just another bit of a pain land there. Flamekin Village, as it enters the battlefield, you may reveal an elemental card from your hand. Spoiler alert, there are no elementals in this deck. So Flamekin Village is always gonna come into, into the battlefield tapped in, in, in this deck. It gives me access to red mana and also this allows me to give a creature haste for a red mana. So red mana and tap it, target creature gains haste until end of turn. So kind of in the same idea of the handwear battlements, just a just a way to kind of speed up some creatures that I might not want to wait to uh you know get over their summoning sickness. We've got uh, one of the new Guilds of Ravnica lands in here. We've got guild mages forum so it adds a colorless mana. Or you can tap one uh, generic mana and guild mages form to add one mana of any color. If that mana is spent on a multicolored creature spell, that creature enters the battlefield with an additional plus one, plus one counter on it. So you'll see there are, yes, there are mono black creatures in here, but there are also quite a few uh, multicolored creatures. So this is just a way to... Get them uh, a little bit of a boost, if you will, with that plus one plus one counter. So, kind of a handy, handy rare land there. Then we've got, you know, one of your commander staples here. I I do run Command Tower, which allows you to add to your mana pool one mana of any color in your commander's color identity. So that gives me access to Grixis mana. I have a Reliquary Tower in here, uh, purely because of the fact that a lot it allows me to have no maximum hand size. So you're gonna you're gonna see when we get into the instants and sorceries that. There are a ton of ways to draw cards. Uh, we're wheeling cards left and right in this deck, forcing opponents to discard, forcing everyone to draw so that there's more things to discard, so in order to not have to you know, discard down to 7 at the end of my turn all the time, I have Reliquary Tower in here in order to let me keep, keep a hand of any size, and also it generates uh, colorless mana. I have Rixmati Dungeon Palace in here. Uh, You can tap it to add a colorless to your mana pool. And then for one generic land, a swamp and a mountain, you can tap it to force each player to discard a card. However, you can only do that any time that you could play a sorcery. We've got Crumbling Necropolis. Uh, Enters the battlefield tapped, and this is a Grixis land. It allows you to tap for blue, black, or red mana. Uh, I've got Mana Confluence in here. This is another... um, I wouldn't say a shock land just because it doesn't deal two damage. I'd say more of a pain land. You pay uh, tap it and pay a life to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So that just keeps your options open. Steam vents the classic uh, shock land, pay two life if you don't. Enters the battlefield tapped, and it taps for blue or red mana. There's a tainted peak in here. Tap it to add a colorless mana to your mana pool, or tap it to add a black or red mana to your mana pool, and you can play that ability only if you control a swamp. Uh, four more lands left. We've got Dragon Skull Summit. Enters the battlefield tapped unless you control a swamp or a mountain, and then it allows you to tap for red or black mana. Watery Grave, another shock land that allows you to um, tap for blue or black land. And Underground River, that is a I guess like I said, I'm classifying these more as pain lands. So you can tap it for a colorless mana, or tap it to add a blue or black mana, and your um, uh, you take one damage from it so you see there's a lot of pain lands in here in in commander you're playing with 40 life so if you got to ping yourself here and there for something like an underground river shock land sulfur spring what have you uh you should have enough land or land excuse me you should have enough life to play around with that play around with that goodness i'm tongue tied and uh the last land is one of my favorites it's a classic magic land it was just reprinted in ultimate masters uh, that is Urborg, Tomb of Yogmoth. So each land is a swamp in addition to its other land types. So just in case you need help getting access to black, there you go. There's your legendary, your legendary land, uh, Urborg, to give you access to uh, more swamps. So that's the mana base. Pretty varied, pretty big. Like I said, not a ton of basic lands in it, but uh, but a few. So seven basic and what, twenty nine non-basic lands. So let's move to let's move to artifacts next. There's gonna be a lot of you know mana rocks in here, but there are, are a few that aren't. So uh, I do have Gilded Lotus in here. Uh, it's five land and you can tap it to add three mana of any one color. I've got a Thought Vessel, so this is just another, another way for me to, it taps for colorless, but it also tells you you have no maximum hand size. So if I, it's just another option, you know, Reliquary Tower, one out of 100 cards, or I should say 99, one out of 99 cards, the chances of drawing that aren't always high unless you're tutoring for it, and you probably don't want to blow a tutor on a land if you don't have to. So this is just another way to try and get access to uh, having no maximum hand size. So Thought Vessel, 2 mana, no maximum hand size, and tap it to add a colorless mana to your mana pool. Uh, Soul Ring, of course, uh, 1 mana, tap it to add 2 colorless to your mana pool. Um, then we've got the the Signets, of course. Uh, I've got to have those in here. So I've got 3 Signets. The is it the Rakdos, and the Dimir signet. So for one and tapping them, the is it will tap for a blue and a red. Rakdos for black and a red, and Dimir for blue and a black. Uh, Thran Dynamo also in here. That's for four land. Uh, comes into play and tap it to add three colorless to your mana pool. Got a Commander Sphere, three colorless. Uh, tap it to add your to your mana pool one color one mana of any color in your commander's color identity boy these are like tongue twisters on here when you're trying to do it for a podcast and then you can also crack it um, or excuse me sacrifice it to draw a card obelisk of grixis i threw in here you can tap it and then choose to add a blue black or red mana to your mana pool and that comes out for three land Uh, chromatic lantern for three land it's an artifact, uh, lands you control have tapped them to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So this is just another way to get access to any lands you need anytime you need them. And you can also tap Chromatic Lantern to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So it's pretty much a commander staple. I love it, helps a lot in this deck. The last two are not mana rocks. And honestly, uh, one of the two, I guess I've seen played a little bit more, but one of them I actually hadn't really seen since, uh, God, I mean, It was played with core sets so uh, that one being temple bell for three land it's an artifact that taps and when you tap it each player draws a card this is just another way for me to fill out yes my hand but also put cards into my opponent's hand if i know i've got ways that i can try to force them to discard so i don't want anybody's hand empty at any time uh, unless I've just forced them to discard like six or seven cards and I can also inflict damage or or whatever for them having to do so. So I need ways to make myself draw so I can get the spells I need and also uh, force my opponents to draw to kind of keep their hands fat, if you will, to give me ammo for when I force them to discard. And the last artifact is Geth's Grimoire. Oh, this is a four-land artifact. And whenever opponent discards a card from his or her hand, you may draw a card. So again, this one gives me even more card advantage. I've got advantage because you're discarding, so I've already got more cards than you potentially. And now not only are you discarding, but I am drawing. So I'm getting ex- access to extra cards while you are being forced to, you know, pitch cards that you may need or may want to play. So now we'll get into we'll get into the, the, the planeswalker and creature base. This deck, uh, as it stands right now, runs four Planeswalkers, and it runs 16 creatures. So that's a tw- uh, total of 20 bodies that, that are in this deck. The first Planeswalker I run is Jace Bellerin. So he, he comes out for one generic and two blue land, and he comes out with three loyalty counters. So Jace, you can plus two and force each player to draw a card. Minus one, target player draws a card, and minus 10, target player puts the top 20 cards of their library into their graveyard. So I'm not really worried about alting this guy. What I'm more worried about is his plus two. Each player draws a card. So if I have to, I do have the option to minus one to make somebody, a specific individual draw a card, but uh, more often than not, I'm plus twoing him to make all of us draw a card because it gives me cards in my hand, and it also puts cards in my opponent's hand that I may be able to force them to discard. So that's the idea behind Jace Bellerin. Uh, The next planeswalker is Nicol Bolas the Deceiver. So five generic, a blue, a black, and a red mana. And he comes out with five loyalty counters. Plus three, each opponent loses three life unless that player sacrifices a non-land permanent or discards a card. So here you are, again, you either have to discard, which may hurt you with some of the other uh, pieces of my engine that are on the board, or uh, you've got to sacrifice an on land permanent and lose, uh, or, or lose three life. So just gives me a little bit more options. Uh, minus three, destroy target creature, draw a card. So I can, uh, I can destroy creatures and then draw off that, which helps a lot. And then his ultimate, minus 11, Nicol Bolas, the deceiver, deals seven damage to each opponent, and you draw seven cards. So if you can get that alt off, and you know, you've got Reliquary Tower, Thought Vessel, whatever out there, and you don't have to worry about hand size, or even if you're unconcerned because you don't mind pitching at the end of your at, at at the end of your end step, then you know this is just a great way to kind of wheel a whole new hand into your hand. I've also got Nicol Bolas Planeswalker that's uh, four generic mana, a blue, two black, and a red. He comes out with five loyalty counters. Uh, plus three him, destroy target non-creature permanent. Minus two, gain control of target creature. And minus nine, Nicol Bolas Planeswalker deals seven damage to target player. That player discards seven cards, then sacrifices seven permanents. So uh, again, for him, I, I like the the permanent destruction and just the idea of the manipulation uh, that he can do by gaining control of target creatures if you need them. And obviously his alt. is... Is what you're really going for with this card? Seven damage to target player, force them to discard seven cards, and then sacrifice seven permanents. There's not an easy way to come back from that. So if you manage to get his alt off, that's one of the big, one of the big fireworks shows, if you will, um, in this deck. The last planeswalker that we've got is Angrath the Flame Chained. He's uh, three generic mana, uh, black and a red, and he comes out with four loyalty counters. Plus one. Each opponent discards a card and loses two life. Minus three. Gain control of target creature until end of turn. Untap it. It gains haste until end of turn. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step if it has converted mana cost three or less. So that's a really, really, really fun ability. And then uh, number uh, his ultimate, minus eight. Each opponent loses life equal to the number of cards in his or her graveyard. So you can see right away that this guy's got some synergy with uh, with a discard deck. So uh you can plus one him each opponent discards a card so you don't you're you're um insulated from this and they lose two life so that plus one right there is pretty freaking awesome and then the the minus three if there's something on the board that you want to get rid of and has a converted mana cost of three or less you can get control of that and then sacrifice that on, on your end step so, which is awesome Uh, and his ultimate is, is awesome too. Each opponent loses life equal to the number of cards in his or her graveyard. So if you get to that late game after people have been pitching cards left and right, you know, maybe there's been a board wipe and a ton of creatures have been destroyed, whatever. Uh, he's really going to make you pay for it. So I like Angrath a lot and I think he fits this deck very, very, very well. Uh, Now we're going to move on to the creatures, and like I said, there are 16 creatures in this deck. You're going to find out right away that there are a lot of, uh, I shouldn't say a lot, that makes it sound like there's 30 of them or something. Spectres are definitely in here, because traditionally in Magic, spectres force your opponents to discard cards either when they enter the battlefield or when they deal damage uh, to your opponent. So the first creature here is Blizzard Spectre. It's a 2-3 flyer for four land, two generic, a blue and a black. It's got, uh, I believe I already said it's got flying. Uh, Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, choose one. That player returns a permanent he or she controls to its owner's hand or target player, uh, that player discards a card. So more often than not, I'm going to make you discard. However, one reason I really like Blizzard Spectre is that it doesn't only force discards. So if I attack somebody who's got no cards in their hand, say I'm down to just one opponent and they don't have a hand. Now I still get to do something because if you don't have a hand, you obviously can't discard, but I can just choose the the first of the two abilities and force you to bounce a permanent back to your hand. So at least it's, it's something we got blazing specter next. That's a two, two flying haste for four land two generic a black and a red. And whenever he deals damage to a uh, combat damage to a player, that player discards a card from his or her hand, um, most specters have flying, but what I really like about him is haste. Because if you can dump him out quick enough when someone can't block him, that first turn you're already forcing him to to discard if they've got anything in their hand. Uh, the next creature is Dream Stealer. He is a one-two human wizard for three land, two generic, and a black. He's got menace, which helps. And uh, whenever Dreamstealer deals combat damage to a player, that player discards that many cards. So just another discard engine here. Uh, he also has Eternalize for six, four generic and two two black. And if you pay that Eternalize cost, exile him from your graveyard, create a token that's a copy of it, except it's a four, four black zombie human wizard with no mana cost. So, and then Eternalize, you can only do when you can cast a sorcery. So he can help. He can come back from the dead and help, um, even more so as he's a, a, a four, four instead of a one, two. So I like him a lot. Then we've got a creature here from my favorite tribe of creatures, vampires. Uh I run Sangromancer in this deck. She's a 3/3 three, three flyer for 4 two generic, two black mana. Whenever in a in a whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, you may gain 3 life. So hey, I can gain life whenever I kill some of your stuff, you know, board wipes, whatever. And it doesn't have to be any it doesn't have to be that that I kill it. It can be whenever a creature an opponent controls dies. So maybe somebody else you know kills somebody's creature or something like that i'm gaining life off that which is which is pretty awesome and then the second ability is another reason i have her in here Uh, whenever an opponent discards a card you may gain three life so i'm getting i'm gaining life when creatures die i'm gaining life when you have to discard cards and she's got a decent body on her she's a three three so you know she she can uh soak up a little bit of damage too so yeah sangromancer Next creature we've got is Croesus the Purger, six six flyer for six land, three generic, a blue, a black, and a red. And whenever Croesus the Purger deals combat damage to a player, you may pay three. Uh, that being two generic and a black. If you do choose a color, then that player reveals his or her hand and discards all cards of that color. Obviously, this is great against mono color decks, but you know, even if it's luck of the guess, if you will, uh, it 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 still helps. So he's a big fat flying body that allows me access to more forced discard uh, to my opponents. We've got Abyssal Specter. This guy's been around since uh, Ice Age. So this guy's uh, seen a lot through Magic's history. I love the original art. I run the original Ice Age version. Uh, in this deck he's a two three flyer for four land two generic and two black and whenever abyssal specter damages any player that player chooses and discards a card from his or her hand ignore that ability if the player has no cards in hand so you can tell right there that's the old text the original text if you will from that card and you know it's just interesting to see how things were worded differently earlier in the game versus how they're worded now got another specter here that's the ghoul draws specter he's a 2-2 flyer for four two generic and two black mana and ghoul draws specter gets plus three plus three as long as an opponent has no cards in hand so if i can force you to get rid of your your hand uh then i've got a 5-5 flyer which is a fantastic and whenever ghoul draws specter deals combat damage to a player that player discards a card so he's got that classic specter hey you deal combat damage or hey i deal combat damage you discard a card so classic classic specter with a little bit of a bonus in that he can get plus three plus three if any opponent has no cards in hand so that's pretty awesome uh then we've got uh solemn simulacrum so he's a another classic commander staple he's a 2-2 artifact creature for four uh, generic mana When he enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a basic land card, then put that card onto the battlefield tapped and shuffle your library. So he's in here as another way to get uh, early access or even late game access, depending on when you find him, to basic lands. And then when he dies, uh, you may draw a card. So he's just a really utility card. Uh, You know, he's running all kinds of commander decks just because he can fetch you land and he can draw you cards when he dies. So he's out there basically, the way I play him, get him on the battlefield, get a quick land, and then sacrifice, you know, I shouldn't say sacrifice and There's no sacrifice outlets, uh, you know, but throw him in front of something, get him, to, get him to soak up some damage so he dies, and then you get a card draw off of him as well. So I like to run him. We've got another specter here, the Scythe Specter. This guy is a 4-4 flyer for 6 land, 4 generic, and 2 black. And whenever Scythe Specter deals combat damage to a player, each opponent discards a card. So that's why he's so much more expensive than your other specters that we've seen so far, in that when he deals combat damage, it's not just that player that's that was dealt the damage that's discarding. It's every opponent that has to discard. So I like him a lot. And then each player who discarded a card with the highest converted mana cost among all cards discarded this way loses life equal to that converted mana cost. So whether it's it's an individual or there's more than one person, whoever, whoever it is that has the highest CMC in what they discarded, they lose that much life. So... He's he's awesome. I love him. He was actually reprinted in the Commander Anthology Two set, uh, and that's actually the copy I'm running. So glad to see him back. He's an awesome card, and he fits very very snugly into this deck with what it's trying to do. Next we've got Mind Slicer. Uh, he's a four three horror for four land, two generic, and two black. And when Mind Slicer is put into a graveyard from pro- from play, each player discards his or her hand. So this is just another way to uh, cycle out hands. Um, of your opponents, yes, it affects you too. But with the way I've got this deck set up, as you'll see when we talk enchantments and stuff, uh, typically I'm not the one who's taking the damage for discarding. It's it's my opponents. Also got a Jace's Archivist in here. It's a two-two Videlcan Wizard for three. One generic and two blue. And for one blue and tapping him, each player discards his or her hand, then draws cards equal to the greatest number of cards a player discarded this way. So the cool thing about this guy is that you don't have to sacrifice him for that. You could theoretically keep doing that every turn. You know, as soon as he untaps, boom, do it again, boom, do it again. And this way you're wheeling through decks and forcing people to discard. Uh, so he's just a very uh, flexible flexible play, and I think he he fits this deck well. In that same spirit, we've also got a Magus of the Wheel. He's a 3-3 human wizard for three land, two generic and a red. uh, For one generic and a red, tap him and sacrifice him. Each player discards his or her hand, then draws seven cards. So obviously a Magus of the Wheel. He's a Wheel of Fortune with a body. So like him in this deck. Then we've got um, one of my favorite cards from the Commander 2017 uh, release of, of cards and you'll you'll understand immediately why I run her. Uh, Kess Dissident Mage, is in this deck. So she's a 3-4 human wizard for four land, one generic, a blue, a black, and a red. She's got flying, and then, of course, during each of your turns, you may cast an instant or sorcery card from your graveyard, and then if you cast it from your graveyard, you have to exile it. So she just gives me access to cards, uh, spells specifically that I've already played that maybe I want to play again. Be that. Uh, let's see tutors or you know force discard force draw whatever she gives me access to to get those uh and play them a second time so i love Kess in this deck uh one of the most probably the most iconic and classic specter in magic's history hypnotic specter he's a two two flying for three one generic two black and whenever hypnotic specter deals damage to an opponent that player discards a card at random so that guy's been around forever. His original artwork's awesome. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, do a Google search for Hypnotic Spectre, say fourth edition or whatever, and find him. That original art's really cool. I like it better than this uh, this dragon specter art that's on the, the newly printed stuff. The final specter in the deck is Liliana's specter. So this is a 2-1 flyer for three uh, generic and two black. And this one I like because she does not have to deal combat damage. So it's not repeatable, but... Uh, it's an ETB trigger, and it affects all opponents. When Liliana's Spectre enters the battlefield, each opponent discards a card. So kind of a tradeoff there in that it's not repeatable uh, when she deals combat damage, but when she enters the battlefield, each opponent has to discard. So uh, kind of a tradeoff there. The final creature I run is the Lord of Planeswalkers himself, Nicol Bolas. Uh, it's the Elder Dragon version of him, the 7-7 uh, flyer for, what is that, 8 land? Uh, two generic, two blue, two black, two red. And then he's got the, at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice him unless you pay a blue, black, and red. Whenever he deals damage to an opponent, that player discards his or her hand. So again, he's in there for more discard reasons. So that's the creature base. You know, like I said, there's a lot of specters. You can see between even the Planeswalkers uh, and the creatures themselves, I, I'm i just hitting that discard theme hard. And then uh let's do let's do um instant and sorceries next. We'll start with instants and then we'll move to sorceries so you'll see the the ways I really get this deck cooking outside of creatures. So we've got six instants and fifteen sorceries that I run in this for a total of twenty-one spells that are actually spell spells, right? They're not, you know, creatures. Creatures are count as spells, I suppose. It's a creature spell. But these are actually spell spells. So Uh, First one here that I've got, Vampiric Tutor. It is uh, for one black land. Search your library for a card, then shuffle your library and put that card on top of it. You lose two life. So obviously the tutors are in here because I want to be able to search and find what I need. Uh, That card's really cool because unlike Demonic Tutor, which is a sorcery, that can be played at instant speed. Uh, however, unlike Demonic Tutor, which lets you put the card you search for into your hand, this does have to go on the top of your library, so it has to survive there until your next draw step, or you're kind of screwed. Uh, we've got Memory Plunder. So this is an instant for, uh, for hybrid mana. You can pay for any of the four with a blue or a black, you know, in any combination. And uh, it just, again, this is kind of like cast, you may cast target instant or sorcery card from an opponent's graveyard without paying its mana cost. So cast gives me access to my own spells. Memory Plunder allows me to cast spells that my opponents have played. So really like that card. Uh, we got Crosis Charm. So this is an instant for a blue, a black, and a red. And it's one of the choose one uh, instance. So you get to choose between return target permanent to its owner's hand, destroy target non-black creature, it can't be regenerated, or destroy target artifact. So this just gives me a lot of flexibility in what I want to do if there's a creature I need to get rid of, or somebody's got an artifact I don't like, uh, or I just want to bounce something back to somebody's hand. Um, that that gives me the choice in, in how I want to go about doing that. We've got Terminate, so this is a, a, a an instant for two mana, a black and a red. I guess I said that kind of confusing. So two mana total, it's one black, one red mana. And uh, destroy target creature, it cannot be regenerated. So that's just some direct removal I've got in there. Uh, We've also got Cyclonic Rift. So for one generic and one blue, return target non-land permanent, you don't control to its owner's hand. Uh, Or of course, you can pay the overload cost, which is seven, six generic and one blue. So if you ever see that blue player uh, leaving up nine mana, you better watch out because or sorry, for seven, uh, seven mana, it, you don't add the two together, it's just for the overload overload cost, you're bouncing everything back. So that's another reason that I want to have things like Reliquary Tower and Thought Vessel in this deck, is that if I overload a Rift and I don't have enough mana to play everything I want to right away and there's some stuff I don't want to get rid of, or I just want to hang on to everything, then you know that not having a maximum hand size allows me the flexibility to, to not have to make choices or to take multiple turns to, uh, to get some stuff out. So Cyclonic Rift is another reason that I, I put those those hand adjustment cards in there. Uh, We also run Chaos Warp, so this is an instant for two generic and one red mana. The owner of target permanent shuffles it into his or her library, then reveals the top card of his or her library. If it's a permanent card, he or she puts it onto the battlefield. So this allows me to cycle, or if an opponent plays something I don't like and I don't have removal, this at least gives me a chance to either find something worse or something different. Um, It's kind of a crapshoot, you know, they may find something better. Or they may find the same exact card again, but at least it it puts the odds kind of in your favor in that uh, hopefully that won't happen. Okay, now onto the sorceries. So we've got Windfall. That's a sorcery for two generic and a blue. Each player discards his or her hand, then draws cards equal to the greatest number of cards a player discarded this way. So I'm trying to fill your hand, and then I'm going to play Windfall. So you've got to discard everything that's in your hand. Obviously, that affects me too, so I try to play a bunch of my stuff first or make sure I cast it when I've got some stuff that I don't mind if it's in the graveyard. Or maybe even if I've got, say, a Kess out on the battlefield so that I can try to get at least one or two plays out of something in my graveyard before somebody realizes that and then tries to bounce you know, bounce or destroy Kess We've got Prosperity, another uh, card draw spell for X and a blue. Each player draws X cards. I run Vandal Blast in here too uh, for one red. Destroy target artifact you don't control. It also has Overload, which is uh, four generic and a red. And if you cast it for the Overload cost, uh, instead of target artifact, it's all, or each, I should say. The card actually says each artifact. So that's a great way to, if you've got the mana, bump everybody's artifacts that you don't control. Just blow them all up. Or, uh, you know, if you're in a pinch and he, you just want want to get rid of one specific one, you can target an artifact and destroy it. Run a Mind Rot, obviously. You know, this is two generic, one black. Target player discards two cards. So I try to stay away from target player and do each opponent as much as possible. But there are also cards that you're you're just not going to you got to do it. So it's, and at some point it might be beneficial to pick, you know, if you're politicking that, that helps. You can kind of use that to your advantage uh, and, and try to get some, some deals from your opponents. So that, that targets a player rather than all, but uh, it's a classic, classic discard card. I run a damnation. So uh, for two generic and two black mana, destroy all creatures. They cannot be regenerated. Just a handy board wipe like terminate. I run Dreadbore in here for a black and a red destroy target creature or planeswalker so that's definitely something that i like about dreadboard that terminate can't do is it can target planeswalkers it doesn't just have to be a a creature so that's pretty awesome i run duress one black man a target opponent reveals their hand you choose a non-creature non-land card from it that player discards that card uh whispering madness for two generic a blue and a black Each player discards his or her hand, then draws cards equal to the greatest number of cards a player discarded this way. So again, here's another wheel card, uh, force discard, force draw. Uh, This card does have cipher, uh, which reads, Then you may exile the spell card encoded on a creature you control. Whenever that creature deals combat damage to a player, each controller may cast a copy of the encoded card without paying its mana cost. So after you cast this, if there's a creature you want to stick it behind, you can. And then anytime that creature does combat damage, you get to uh, force Whispering Madness again without having to pay its mana cost. So that's pretty cool. And then it kind of lives in uh, in perpetuity un- until, of course, that creature dies and then the Cypher dies with it. Uh, we also run Dark Deal, two generic and a black. Each player discards all the cards in his or her hand, then draws that many cards, minus one. So more, more discard, more draw uh siphon mind this is a card that i really like a lot in discard decks for three generic and a black each other player discards a card you draw a card for each card discarded this way Uh, i do run skull ren might actually be the only common that's in this deck um i'd have to think about it uh no it's not i know there's a ristic study and i'm pretty sure that was printed at common um oh siphon mind was a common wow i just put my foot in my mouth didn't i uh, I do run Skull Skullrend, so for three generic, a black, and a red, Skull Skullrend deals two damage to each opponent. Those players each discard two cards at random, so if that's working, it, that card I try to hang on to until I've got some of my enchantments, which we'll see real soon on the board that cause you to take damage or have some other penalty for discarding, because especially with the cards like Megrim, Liliana's Caress that make that deal damage to you when you discard, this also deals two damage in, in addition to that. So Skullrend's a card that I like a lot in this deck. Uh, I run an Arterial Flow, one generic, two black. Uh, each opponent discards two cards. If you control a vampire, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. So the only vampire I have is the Sangromancer. So chances are those two probably won't be played together in, a, in an ideal game, they will be. But even if I don't have a vampire... I, I'm not as concerned with life gain uh, for myself in uh, with this deck as I am discarding. And this is just another discard spell that, uh, that targets each opponent rather than target opponent. So I like that. Run a mind twist for X and a black. Opponent must discard X cards at random from hand. If opponent doesn't have enough cards in hand, entire hand is discarded. You can tell, again, I'm reading from the original printing of this card uh, back in revised. Or I should say one of the original printings of this card because it is revised. It's not the original. But yeah, so this is this is a target opponent. Force them to discard X um, based on what you ca- pay for in the casting cost. Then we've got dark intimations. So for two generic, a blue, a black, and a red, each opponent sacrifices a creature or planeswalker, then discards a card. You return a creature or planeswalker card from your graveyard to your hand and then draw a card. When you cast a Bolas Planeswalker spell, exile dark intimations from your graveyard. That Planeswalker enters the battlefield with an additional loyalty counter on it. So this guy's got some synergy with many of the Bolas cards that I have in the deck, uh, but he also, again, this card targets each opponent, and they've got to sacrifice a creature and discard a card. So that's pretty awesome, and then it gives me access to uh, to card draw um, and then returning a creature or Planeswalker card from my graveyard uh, back to back to my hand so that's pretty cool and then the last uh, sorcery is of course the demonic tutor i mentioned earlier for a generic and a black search your library for one card and take it into your hand shuffle your library afterwards so that's just some quick efficient easy good card search uh last but not least we've got the enchantments in the deck there are 11 of them and the first one here is blood chief ascension so for one black mana this is an enchantment that at the beginning of each end step, if an opponent lost two or more life this turn, you may put a quest counter on Blood Chief Ascension. When a card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, if Blood Chief Ascension has three or more quest counters on it, you may have that player lose two life. If you do, you gain two life. So this is just another way uh, for opponents to, to lose life. You know, if, if you can get the quest counters on here, hopefully you can. So this isn't an enchantment that punishes you for... For discarding, this is a card that punishes you from losing a card from anywhere. Is it from the battlefield? Is it from your deck? Are you know, if you're being milled, is it discarding from your hand? It's just whenever a card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, if you have three or more quest counters, you may have that player lose two life. And if you do, you gain two life. So Blood Chief Ascension is awesome. We've got a Megrim, like I mentioned earlier, two generic and a black. Whenever an opponent discards a card, Megrim deals two damage to that player. One of my favorite uh, discard synergy enchantments here, Painful Quandary, for three generic and two black. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, that player loses five life unless he or she discards a card. So if this is the first one I've got out, you know, you're know you probably going to want to discard. But later on, if I've got Megrim, Liliana's Caress, Raider's Wake, things like that out there, uh, then you're looking at taking damage from all those or taking the damage from Painful Quandary. So this is a card that I, I love a lot. I play it every chance I can, and I'm very happy that I you know built this deck that it sits so well in. Uh, we run Waste Knot. It's a generic and a black mana for uh, an enchantment that reads, whenever an opponent discards a creature card, put a 2-2 black zombie creature token onto the battlefield. Whenever an opponent discards a land card, add two black mana to your mana pool. Whenever an opponent discards a non creature, non land card, draw a card. So, this gives you a lot of options or things that you can do based on what your opponents are pitching. So, this may make them choose. If they get to choose what they're discarding because they don't have to just pitch their whole hand, uh, you know, they kind of have to choose what hurts the least. So, I like waste not a lot. It's very versatile. Raider's Wake for 3 generic and a black mana, whenever an opponent discards a card, that player loses 2 life, and it has raid, which reads at the beginning of your end step, if you attacked with a creature this turn, target opponent discards a card. So, as long as you're attacking, you can force a player to discard even if you can't deal damage that forces them to do so or play a card that forces them to do so. This is just another way to generate that discard and you can do so from attacking if you've got raiders wake into play uh we got lilianas caress one generic one black and whenever an opponent discards a card that player loses two life so you know you can't play multiples of the same card in edh but that doesn't mean you can't play cards that do the same thing as long as they have different names so Megrim, lilianas caress you know uh you see the theme I do run Quest for the Nilestone. Um, that's an enchantment for one black. Whenever an opponent discards a card, you may put a quest counter on Quest for the Nilestone. And then at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, if that player has no cards in, in hand and Quest for the Nilestone has two or more quest counters on it, you may have that player lose five life. So this is just a way you can politic. Chances are I'm going to make you lose five life if I can. Uh, but maybe you can talk yourself out of it if you can help me out with something. But uh, this is just a a really cool way to, again, force your opponents uh, to pay for not having cards in hand and for discarding. I run an oppression. This is an older enchantment uh, from, was this, Urza Saga one generic and two black. Whenever a player successfully casts a spell, that player chooses and discards a card. So yes, it hurts me too, but that's the whole theme of something like oppression, right? Uh, It's just another way to force my opponents to discard cards. Now, if you want to play something, you're going to have to discard something too. So I like that a lot. I do run Eldest Reborn. So for four generic and one black, this is one of my favorite if not my favorite saga from Dominaria. The first, what do they call them, the stage, I suppose. The first stage of this, each opponent sacrifices a creature or planeswalker, so all of your opponents have to sacrifice. Each opponent then discards a card, right there on theme with my discard strategy here. And then the third third uh, cycle of the saga, put target creature or planeswalker card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. So if I forced you to discard something earlier that, ooh, I want to get my hands on, or maybe you sack something that I want to get my hands on, or even if you discard it as part of the Eldest Reborn um, stages, then, you know, I can get my hands on it. Or if there's something in my own graveyard I want back, I can go and grab it. This card is is uh, super, super cool as long as it lasts through all three stages. Um, but even if it doesn't, you know, um, as it enters the battlefield, it's it's pretty awesome because it forces everyone to at least sacrifice something even if someone can remove it after it gets there. That's just a, a saga that I really, really, really like. And like I said, it's it's probably my favorite saga from Dominaria. Two two more enchantments, Words of Waste. Uh, that's two generic and a black for one mana, uh, one generic mana. The next time you would draw a card this turn, each opponent discards a card from his or her hand. So I get this out. And then what I like to do is um, during my upkeep step, if I've got land open, I will pay that one, um, you know, or I'll I'll pay that one on the end step of the opponent who's, you know, directly in front of me in turn order, so that when they're done, it triggers. But anytime you would draw a card, each opponent discards a card, so it gives you the ability to do it when when you're drawing for a turn. Uh, you can activate it again and do it if you're paying a draw you know a draw card spell or using the ability off of a planeswalker or. Uh, an artifact like temple bell just gives you a lot of access to forcing discard at a lot of different times if you have the mana and the nice thing is it's not like cost prohibitive because it's only one mana and it's a generic mana anytime you want to activate it so that card comes in handy a lot and the last enchantment I run, uh, card number 100 in this deck here, is Ristic Study. So two generic and a blue. Whenever an opponent plays a spell, you may draw a card unless that player pays one. So a lot of people hate Ristic Study because they don't want to pay the stupid tax, and that's exactly why it's in here. It's just a way to give me access to more cards without having to, you know, cast a spell that allows me to draw. So that would be the the deck tech in a nutshell uh, for my Nicol Bolas discard uh, Grixis EDH deck. It's a ton of fun. I've won a few games with it. I've lost a lot of games with it as well. But it, it definitely, uh, if you don't like becoming the target, don't run this deck <laughs> uh, because once you get some of those enchantments on the board and you start getting that discard synergy going, uh, you become one of the most hated players at the table really quick. It's kind of off the wall. It's a lot of fun. Again, instead of building off of a specific commander or a specific color identity, I knew that I wanted to build a discard deck that made you pay for discarding. So that's when I decided, you know, I kind of went from there. Uh, I uh, will have a different episode where we each kind of talk about our deck building strategies and how we go about doing it. So I'm not going to get too in depth into that. I just wanted to give you an overview and a a glimpse into what it is that this Grixis EDH discard deck that I talk about all the time is, how it runs, what it looks like. Again, check the show notes for the exact list, as well as a link to the, the tapped out listing for it if you want to check it out there it's the only deck i currently have on tapped out someday i'll get around to putting more up there but that's it for now so next week uh we should have Teej and chanel back with me we should be back at full strength i don't know that we've settled on a topic yet so i can't really tease you with that but i can thank you for listening each and every week uh make sure you find us on itunes google play stitcher podbean iHeartRadio, spotify basically anywhere that you consume your podcasts please, please, please uh, rate, review and subscribe. It helps us in the search rankings and it helps us know how we can improve the show. Be sure to tell a friend and uh, hey, check us out on our online communities, uh, Facebook and Instagram. If you don't already follow us, uh, just search homebrew magic on either platform. You can find us, give us a like, give us a follow and check out the, the content that we produce there as well. And until next time, don't drink and scry.